Hi, this is What You Say in English, Season 3, Episode 16. and welcome to episode 16 of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to you and give you my professional feedback. I wanted to come back this time to what I, of course, <laughs> what this podcast is about, giving feedback. But this time I'm going to react to another celebrity's English. This time I'm going to be talking about Rosalia, one of the most ubiquitous faces and voices in the current musical scene of Spain and the world. According to a search that I ran, Rosalia Villatobella, that's, a, that's her name, was born on September 25th, 1992. She's, of course, known mononymously as Rosalia, just one name, as a Spanish singer and songwriter. She was born and raised in the outskirts of Barcelona, and she has been described usually as a as an untypical pop star due to her unique blend of traditional flamenco music and modern sounds such as hip-hop, soul, and reggaeton. Rosalia discovered the power of her voice when she was eight years old. At 15, she appeared on the Barcelona Talent Competition show, Tu Si Que Vales, which is a Spanish version of God Talent, you know, the famous program from the U.S. She independently released her album, her debut album, Los Angeles, described as an experimental flamenco album through a universal distribution deal in 2017. This album helped to launch her career and gain industry buzz around her unique sound. In 2019, Rosalia released her third studio album, Motomami, which explored urban music with songs such as Con Altura, Yo Por Ti, Tu Por Mi, and many others. This album achieved global success and earned her a Grammy Award, 11 Latin Grammy Awards, including two for Album of the Year, three MTV Video Music Awards, four Premios Ondas Awards, two Premios Cuarenta Principales Awards, which is a famous award show here in Spain, Two Premios Dial Awards, one Premio Lo Nuestro, which is very typical. My goodness, she has so many awards. She's definitely a great success. And one MTV Europe Music Award. Beyond music, Rosalia has also branched out into acting. In 2019, she filmed a scene for the Oscar-winning director Pedro Almodóvar film Dolor y Gloria, Pain and Glory. And in 2021, she released the single Linda with Dominican rapper Tokisha. Now, regarding her knowledge about the English language and how she learned English, I couldn't find much about her. I could, I could only find out that she began learning English at a very young age and has continued to improve her language skills over the years. She has cited James Blake and Kate Bush as her major musical influences, which... I don't know, may have helped her to learn English. She has also studied traditional flamenco singing under Jose Miguel El Chiqui Vizcaya. He's a famous dancer musician in Spain, which may have helped her to develop an ear for different languages. 
I believe that she's fluent in Catalan, Spanish, and I don't know what other languages. But of course, you know, the, when the brain is accustomed to using different languages, your ear is fine-tuned into getting the different sounds from other languages. And perhaps it's not very difficult to imagine how she learned English. Additionally, she has collaborated with other singers, such as Billie Eilish, for example, on bilingual songs that are sung in both English and Spanish, which could have further improved her language skills. I can just assume that because of her success and career in the music industry, she's been able to interact with a lot of people in different parts of the world, and of course, English will be the lingua franca. I would say that she has she's a fast learner and she has this knack for languages. This has a number of advantages, of course, because when you're exposed to so much language, you start getting chunks, like you start repeating things that people usually say, and you start to develop a very natural sounding, quite organic way in which you learn English. But at the same time, it's very uneven. At, at some points, you can feel, for example, that she's very fluent, but at other times, she loses control in her production, her speaking production, which is something that I always tell people, you know, it's very good. It's a very good idea that you expose yourself to the language, you start communicating with other people. And but 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 then at the same time, remember that a language is a whole. I mean, there are a lot of things. It's not only speaking, it's listening, it's writing, it's uh, reading, of course. And if you want to have a, a well-rounded uh, English in, in your life, I mean, you have to follow this, you know, the different steps and the different areas and touch. I mean, not forgetting about other skills as well. I would say that she's very fluent in, in English. She does so with uh, a lot of confidence. You will hear because to, what, what I'm going to do today is basically analyze the interview she had with Jimmy Fallon in, on tonight's show. The Tonight Show. This interview was aired on March 10th, 2022. So this is, you know, probably a year later after. I'm, I'm doing the reaction just a year later uh, after she gave that interview. And honestly, I had it in my list of episodes to do because I think it's very interesting. And you will see why. And in that interview, she shared an embarrassing texting gaffe involving Harry Styles. She explained that she frequently changes her phone number and one of the unfortunate people who got the wrong number was Harry Styles. She showed a screenshot of the conversation between Styles and the random texter, which began with Styles saying, this is so beautiful. The texter then alternated between calling Styles my darling before eventually telling him to stop bothering me. Uh, the story got a big laugh out of Fallon. Uh, Jimmy laughed a lot, as well as the viewers watching at home. She appeared on Saturday Night Live that weekend, the same week in which the interview was aired, as the musical guest, alongside host Zoe Kravitz, you know, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. In her preparation for her SNL appearance, Rosalie stopped by The Tonight Show to chat about her uh, upcoming album the, uh, last year, Motomami, and shared her hilarious story about Harry Styles. So in this case, I don't have much to say about her. Of course, there are a few moments in which I noticed a little bit of, you know, lack of control in grammatical structures, but overall, her interview went really smoothly. 
I wish it had spoken a little bit more. Uh, I think on two or three occasions, she extended her answers. And you might get an idea that she's not quite there yet. I mean, like, she still needs a little more confidence in her speaking skills. And it's understandable. Even, even so, I would say that she did incredibly well. She is smart. She is well-mannered. And she handled herself effectively well in the interview, which is something that, of course, it says a lot about her. And with that attitude, I'm very sure. And if she takes it a little further, I'm sure that she will be as fluent as, for example, Vanessa Paradis. I, if you remember, I did an episode about her and I was lucky enough to find material to compare when she started out her career and how she was interviewed in English and how awkward that interview was. And nowadays, for example, she is an incredible speaker and she's super fluent in English. So this episode will be divided into two other parts. I will play the full recording of the interview without any stop. So you can start listening to her production. I will also make it available in the episode description, the full transcript. Actually, I copied it myself. I know that the YouTube video has the transcript, but there were a few things that they did not put subtitles on. I mean, and, and there were a few things which I think were really good um, on several occasions. So this is a full transcript done by me, uh, paying attention to everything she said. There are a lot of wonderful things she said, which I, I think it's a pity because it, they were not picked up by the, the, I don't know if they did it automatically or through a software, but it didn't pick up a, a few of the things. Of course, I had to listen carefully to what she said, but you will have a full transcript and listen to the recording and make your own annotations. I mean, you can underline on the script the parts that you liked, the parts that you felt that could have been improved. And of course, after you listen to the whole interview, uh, I will put another part, another segment in today's episode in which I give my impressions. Okay, so stick around and listen to the interview. I'm so happy. I'm the biggest <laughs> fan. I, I I love that you're here. Congrats on uh, SNL. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and this is your first U.S. talk show. It is. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you for thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing me. I appreciate it. What? I'm a huge fan. I wanted to come like since forever. I've seen the videos. Yeah. Your videos that are always on uh, Instagram or in YouTube, and I'm always like. I would really want to talk with him. Oh, no, I'm so happy. And I'm, I just want to make sure I'm saying your name right, right? Okay. Rosalia. Not bad. Oh. No, really, no, actually, not bad. Okay. Because usually people I see here that they, you don't really roll the R's so much, no? Wow, you just really roll. Like, yeah. yeah. Rosalia. Ooh. Ro Rosalia. <laughs> like that? Like that? Yeah. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I've heard like so many options like uh, Rosalinda, <laughs> Rosalita, Rosalita, but it's, yeah, it's usually like Rosalina, Rosalina, Ros Rosalia. Here's Rosalia. Yeah. <laughs> Rosalia. Thank you. That's it right there. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, you are uh, you. You started as a uh, flamenco singer, uh, uh -huh. but uh, your music today is made up of so many genres. You've you've kind of destroyed out there in the market. You've won uh, eight Latin Grammys. 
Hello. Not too savvy. Not bad. He's hopping. He's hopping. Yeah, and then here it is right here. Motomami is coming out March 18th. I love. Yeah. I love the drawing, I love the way it looks, I love it. Why is it called the, uh, would I know what motomami means? Mm -hmm. I would. Okay, so you wanna know why it's called motomami? Yeah. Because I feel like motomami is an energy. Oh. And my mom. <laughs> like that. Yes, yes, it's yeah, like an I'm energy. I'm feeling it, yeah. I'm right. the motomami energy. That's what I'm saying, okay. Yes. So, maybe probably you're a motopapi too. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. I would totally be, yeah, I'm totally a motopapi. Moto yeah. <laughs> I am so motopai. Everyone's feeling that's gonna be my nickname. How you know you're a though? Uh, because uh, I, I can, I can just feel it. I, when I, <laughs> once I, once I rolled the R's, yeah. I knew that I was. Uh, you're like yeah, I'm motopapi. I'm motopapi. Come yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> I can just feel it. Motomami and motopapi. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, I, I wanted to ask you this question because it's. Uh, it has a funny uh, ending. Uh, we were talking backstage. I was, I was gonna say, hey, yeah. I heard that you change your phone number a lot. Yeah, I right. You do me. I, I used to too. I change it so often. I used Before to do... I used to do it a lot. Because too many people just get your number and start calling you. Is that why? No, because I didn't answer the the, the, the messages, and then I realized, you know, that I wanted to focus, being in the studio, work. Ah. And I wanted, I wanted to focus. Oh, yeah, and me too. I wanted to focus too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to work, focus on work. That's why I, I changed my to, number, yeah. No, I mean it. And then I was like, okay, Mira, I'd rather not change the phone, fresh start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. what happens is you, 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 you change your number, but then yeah. people text because someone else gets that number. And then yeah. your that friends start texting that number, not knowing that you changed yours. That happened to you because that happened to me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean it, that happened to me. That, like, literally I realized, because I didn't know that that happened. I thought that when you use a phone number, then that phone number, you, you know, like it disappears or something. I don't know why I thought it. Yeah, but they that, should happen. They should, it should like, happen, At no? least wait a couple years and but then... it was your number. It, if it's your number, at least wait. <laughs> Thank you. If it's your number, you eat... <laughs> I mean, I'm motopapi. I don't mess around. I go, if you want to you take my number, if I change it, it should be... It, Period. Out for at least 10 years. But that doesn't happen. No. And then I realized that uh, people, my friends that uh, thought that they were texting me, they were texting random people. But that happened to you for a friend that, that we know as well, that's been on our show, Harry Styles. Yeah, that happened. So, <laughs> what? You have that to tell happened. me this. So, talk to me. So, Harry texts <laughs> I have you. have proof. Like, it happened. You have proof. Do you, <laughs> like, what do you have? A photo? What do you have? Bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> I literally have proof. <laughs> Where? Bear with me, bear with me. Yeah, no, no problem. Okay. What are you doing? <laughs> Wait, so. you had your phone in your booth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where you keep your phone? <laughs> That's so cool. I, I'm gonna start doing that too, are you kidding me? I'm gonna totally keep my phone in my... Mira, mira, a motomami, if a motomami needs to keep the phone in the boot, <laughs> she keeps it in the boot. Yeah. If the, if the person didn't match the outfit, it's like, in the boot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's in the boot, man, yeah. yeah. All right, so you... You wanna, you, you I, wanna see? I really do, this is a real... Now, how did you end up this with happened. this? So... Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna So Harry Styles texts you thinking it's you, but it's not someone else has the phone number. Yeah. And this is real. Look, look, okay, look. Okay. All right, let me. Sh <laughs> All right, so can you believe he's Which one? Which he one is he? He sent me this screenshot, okay, what? in the DMs, in the Instagram DMs. Yeah. Saying yeah. your texts are confusing. That was Harry that said this is so beautiful. 
Yeah, he said that because he was like, oh, I love, I love this song that is called Dolerme. Yes. He sent me this screenshot and he was like... This is beautiful. And then and you, I... you wrote back, or supposedly <laughs> you wrote back. And it wasn't me. The, the... I know my darling. But the random person said, yeah, I know my darling. Yeah, and then he says, love it. And then he says, <laughs> love you. <laughs> what? Love you. And then love Harry you. says, I love you too. With lots of O's. <laughs> Very romantic, Harry. And then this person writes... The person said, ha-ha, sorry, you're wrong. I don't know who you are. And then, and then Harry writes back, I'm confused. <laughs> and then the person... The person, oh, my God, the person says, this number belongs to someone before, but now it's my number. So don't bother me anymore. Good night. Thank you. So now looking to the Jimmy Fallon show and saying, <laughs> I said, don't bother me anymore to Harry Styles. <laughs> and so Harry person. just sent it in your DM and like, hey, what's going on with you? So he said, these, these texts are confusing. Your texts are confusing, he said, or something like that. And I was like, what, what does yeah, he mean? That's an old number. Oh, my God. And I realized. That is the best thing ever. No. All right, save it. Put, protect it in your boot. Uh, forever. Um, um, you know, uh, uh, on TikTok, you posted uh, how you create a beat for your song. Yeah. And I thought it was very, very cool and interesting. I wanted everyone to take a look at this. This is uh, Rosalia creating a beat for her song. Uh, Saoko? Saoko. Saoko. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Jimmy likes them both. I, I love that. <laughs> you know, I love that. I freaked out. Um, uh, you're Whoa. doing Saturday Live this Saturday. Yes. Uh, which, is, of course, is on Saturday, and it's live. Um, <laughs> But you performed on, on SNL with Bad Bunny, and you were amazing, by the way. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, he's a, he's a pal. And I always, I'm such a fan of yours. So I'm so Thank psyched so to meet much. you and tell you in person how much I love Same. you. Uh, I can't wait to watch. Congrats on everything. And please come back. More text messages. Yay! Yeah, yeah, just text me. <laughs> Motomami is out March 18th. Rosalie, everybody. Check out the musical guest this week on Sarah Live. We'll be right back with a performance from Omar Apollo. Stick around. Well, as you could hear, it was a fun interview between Jimmy and Rosalia. And there are quite a few things to unpack here. I will try to go little by little, and I will go in the same order as they happen. Normally, I would classify all the different things and my reactions into different categories, but this time I'm going to do it just the same way as they happen, because that way you can follow with a tape script that you can download from the episode description today. So the very first thing is when Jimmy starts the conversation, he says he's very happy that he's the biggest fan. And he says that this is Rosalia's first U.S. talk show. And this is what she answered. Uh, and this is your first U.S. talk show? It is. She only answered, it is. And I know this sounds very easy or very simple, but this is what we call ellipses in English. And normally, um, a lot of my learners would not use that kind of ellipses. 
meaning that she didn't continue with the sentence. Remember that ellipsis is a way of avoiding repetition. It's very effective in, you know, speaking exams and also in everyday communication. She could have said, yes, it is my, f my first U.S. talk show, but she decided not to extend her answer because she's just giving her blunt answers. It is. And as, a, as an affirmation of what she just, of what Jimmy just said, this is great. I think it shows how much she can understand English and how much she can use the practical, the pragmatical side of the language. A lot of native speakers do this. It is. It's a way of emphasizing that, yes, indeed, it is my first U.S. talk show. And you, as the person listening to this episode, you have to start doing it yourself as well. Of course, in this case, he, Jimmy said, this is your first U.S. talk show. And she said, it is. But you can also use ellipses in many different ways as a simple answer. Oh, I didn't know you speak English. I do. So that I do is just a simple way of confirming something. It, I think it's fantastic. And I know that it sounds very easy, very simple, but this is great. I mean, it, it tells me a lot about how much you can understand English. So from now on, start doing ellipses. Uh, start answering short, short questions like this. And just to confirm what you think or what you, what you can say about something. In the following interaction, Jimmy Fallon thanks Rosalia for choosing them. I mean, him. And that he appreciates, you know, being chosen as the very first U.S. talk show in which the singer makes an appearance. And her answer is amazing. It's very well constructed, very natural sounding. And she showcases quite a few things here. It's the use of an informal reaction and, of course, the use of adverbs. Just take a listen. Yes. <laughs> no, Thank you for... Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing me. I appreciate it. What? I'm a huge fan. I wanted to come like since forever. I've seen the videos, yeah. your videos that are always on uh, Instagram or on YouTube, and I'm always like, I would really want to talk with him. The first thing that struck me was the right use of the intonation when she was referring to a number of things. I mean, I thought it was on Instagram, on YouTube. So that kind of intonation is very effective. But the very first thing she said, she said, what? I'm a huge fan. I wanted to come like since forever. That phrase is fantastic. It's really natural. And this is something that you would expect from a very fluent speaker of English. Of course, she uses uh, present perfect as well. She says, I've seen the videos, your videos. I think it's a very well constructed answer. It's an effective use of present perfect and the use of like since forever. She says, I wanted to come like since forever. Take a listen. What? I'm a huge fan. I wanted to come like since forever. This is something that is not usually taught at regular course books and regular courses of English. This is the, the only way to get this is by listening to other native speakers or very fluent speakers of English do this. And of course, in films, television. And it's great. It's amazing. It tells me that Rosalia has had a lot of exposure to the language enough to copy these kind of uh, discourse markers and social markers, because this is this has a very pragmatical use in language. The use of like, of course. Of course, you know, you can exaggerate it. You can use like, like, like all the time, but it's, it's part of the discourse, the general sense of uh, proximity that you can establish with the other person. However, there's a tiny slip in her production. By the end of the interaction, she says this. And I'm always like, 
I would really want to talk with him. She says, I was really want to talk with him. And of course, this is just a slip. Of course, I think she meant to say something else. I was like, I really wanted to talk with him or something like that. I think the past simple would have been a better option here. And she says, I was really want to talk. So that combination is just a little bit awkward. Of course, she says it very quickly and it doesn't really interfere with communication. I think I don't even think that Jimmy Fallon picked it up. Uh, well, I would be surprised. I mean, I don't know how much linguistic training he's got. Uh, communication was being produced effectively. He was very into the conversation and Rosalia is just charming. She's a sweetheart and she's so obliging and she's, you know, the way she in uses her voice is very effective. So I think Jimmy just let it pass and that's what most native speakers would do. Of course, here I'm just being picky. You know, I'm a teacher, I'm being picky and I'm trying to give a very thoughtful and very detailed reaction to her production, uh, her oral production. But yeah, this there, this was what we call a, a lapse. It's a momentary lapse of grammatical control. I think she meant to say something else and her brain was just processing the information at the same time she was saying it. Of course, that's part of the speaking. You know, when you speak, you you have to constantly negotiate in your brain the ways in which you're going to say something. So these lips can happen. Of course, she needs a little more automaticity in the language, you know, but let's continue. In the next extended response, she's quite intelligible. And it also shows how conversation can be chaotic at times. Remember that conversation does not have to be programmed. And more often than not, the discourse in uh, in spoken discourse, uh, what really happens is that a lot of things come into place, especially when it's not your first language. And of course, you're going to lose concentration at times. You, you will have a lot of false starts. When, if you don't know the meaning, a false start is when you start saying something and then you halfway through, you just think about it, discard the idea, and then you start over. So that's a false start. And I know there are a lot of false starts, but I would say that she showed, she was quite intelligible. And I think it, even though it's not a perfect sentence, uh, a perfect utterance of what she said, I think it was quite a, a very good example of how chaotic conversation can be, especially when the two uh, speakers are on and off, you know, uh, stepping on each other's uh, words. Take a listen. Because usually people I see here that they, you don't really roll the R's so much, no? She was, of course, talking about how people in the U.S., you know, English speakers, don't roll the R's. And she said, because usually people I see here that they, you don't really roll the R so much. No. So that's what exactly what she said. And I think, as I said, this is a very good example of how chaotic a conversation can be. And it was quite well said. I mean, of course, I mean, she could have said it better, but I think it fulfilled the purpose of the conversation. The only thing that I can probably object here is the use of the no as a question tag. You know, that question tags, they come at the end as a, you know, little thing. It's a, that's why we call it a tag. 
because it's like a little thing that you put at the end of the question normally to corroborate or to make sure that the other person understands or agrees with us. I would say that instead of saying the no, she would have used, I mean, she could have used a, a real question tag. And that's something that fluent speakers of English, people who control the grammar really well, of course, I'm not, I'm not talking about native speakers. I'm talking about really proficient speakers of English would definitely use. In this case, for example, she said, you don't really roll the R so much. She could have said, do you? Okay, so that do you would definitely let the people know that she knows what she's talking about and she really controls the grammar. The only thing, of course, the no is, you know, just a very simple way of, um, you know, just <laughs> corroborating or making sure that uh, Jimmy agrees with her. But I think that's the only thing that I can object here. But then, of course, there are moments in which her pronunciation is just awesome, especially when it comes to making reductions. A reduction is, for example, when we make a contraction. It's very not it's not really that easy to understand for a lot of people uh, how a lot of fluent speakers of English would make a contraction, especially the perfect tenses. Take a listen to what she said. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I've heard like so many options like eh, Rosalinda. I've heard like so many options. She actually said, I've heard so many options. And if you can listen again, you will definitely hear she made the contraction. I've heard, which is fantastic. I think that tells me that she has a great control over pronunciation. And the next clip, I know it sounds silly, but that also tells me that she can control pronunciation really well, but she decides to keep her accent, to keep her intonation, you know, the typical pronunciation that you would associate with a person coming from Spain. So listen to that clip, because I know it's very small, but the, the way she says Rosalia is something else. And that tells me that she can definitely imitate native speakers speaking. Rosalita, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's usually like Rosalina. Rosalina. Ros Rosalia. Did you hear the way she said Rosalia? Listen again. Rosalia. I know it sounds crazy and you can call me crazy, but I think she did it really well. Just that little piece of audio tells me that she can have this pronunciation, this incredibly well executed pronunciation. And she just chooses, you know, to keep her accent, to keep her, her identity. And I think that's fantastic. That's a great message for everyone out there who's just trying to, you know, get this accent. And I know it's great. I mean, if you can get that accent, that you can do it. And I've noticed it, for example, with Sofia Vergara. And I know that a lot of people, uh, well, not complain about her. They just mock her accent, that she sounds loud, that she sounds like this, like a Latina woman. But that's her identity. That's that's her heritage. I mean, she chooses to speak like that. And I think that's beautiful because that's her personality. When people listen to her, it's just the way she speaks. It's like listening to Antonio Banderas. Honestly, to me, to my mind, if I heard Antonio Banderas speaking with a very beautiful, crisp American accent, I think he would probably immediately lose his charm and his, you know, attractiveness, his appeal to, you know, the general audience. So, Rosalia, thank you very much for doing that. I think you're doing an amazing job. Keep it going like that.
Now, in this part, um, she lost a little bit of control. Basically, in the discourse. For example, when Jimmy asked her, when Jimmy commented on her career and how many rules she's broken and how many awards she's won, she gave this answer. Take a listen. That's it right there. Yes. Welcome. Uh, you are, uh, you, you started as a uh, flamenco singer, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, your music today is made up of so many genres. You've, you've kind of destroyed out there in the market. You've won uh, eight Latin Grammys. Hello. Not too savvy. Not bad. Yeah. Rosalie's answer was, it happened, it happened. And it's a little bit awkward because I would say, uh, naturally, a fluent speaker of English would not probably say, it happened, it happened. And this is a tendency that many learners have into repeating something as a recognition of what the other person said. It's understandable. I've heard it many times in my classrooms, especially with lower level students. Students who have a B1 or B2 level of English, they would say, yes, 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 for example, at the end of a phrase. Or when you say something and they would agree with that, uh, they would say, <laughs> some authors actually call it the machine gun, yes, because you should, like, like as if you were a machine gun, like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, it makes it a little funny. So this, it happened, it happened. It's a little bit strange, it's a little bit awkward. It does fulfill a function, but it's not the most natural thing to say in this situation. I think she could have said something like, I know, right? Or something like, exactly, or, you know, something else that doesn't sound so, you know, like, created on the spot without much sense of the conversation. It happened, it happened. Is, is a little bit awkward. It's probably a little bit inappropriate. I mean, if she took uh, a Cambridge exam at B2, for, for example, this would be a little awkward. Of course, at B1, it wouldn't be a problem because, you know, preliminary English test is a very low level. Actually, it's the lower main suite of Cambridge exams. But I would say it's a little awkward. Um, it, it does fulfill a function, but it's a little, a little bit awkward. But on the other hand, she shows very good control. I mean, some awareness of more complex grammatical structures. And she made this good cleft sentence. Listen. Energy. I'm feeling it, yeah. I'm right. The motor mommy energy. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. So, that's what I'm saying. She said, that's what I'm saying. Which is a, a very good example of a simple cleft sentence. And still, this is complex grammar. And, and remember that at C1... At B2, actually, students start to produce complex sentences. They still have some mixed control over it, especially when it comes to conditional sentences or when it comes to relative clauses. And let alone speaking about cleft sentences, this is really hard. Of course, the example that she gave was quite simple, but still, it is a, an, an example of a cleft sentence, which is good because this shows that she has... Uh, she has been exposed to quite advanced English, which is good. I mean, I, I would say that this is, you know, a great thing to showcase. Actually, the name of my show, What You Say in English, is another cleft sentence. And it, we have two types. We have the cleft sentences that begin with it, and we have the cleft sentences that begin with what. 
For example, it is John, the person I want to see. So that's a typical cleft sentence beginning with it. Or you can say who I want to see is John. Uh, and who I want to see is another type of cleft sentence. If you don't know how to handle this, or if you don't know how to use them effectively, my suggestion is that you pick up a grammar book and you start doing exercises, reading the explanations on how to use cleft sentences. Another thing that had a little bit of mix, uh, con mixed control in on how to use, especially with the accent, I think the accent was a little bit strong in this clip, but the use of grammar is really good. So take a listen. I am so motopai. Everyone's fair. That's going to be my nickname. It's a little bit difficult to hear because Rosalia started her answer halfway through Jimmy was giving, was saying his sentence. But just so you can recap, uh, he said, Jimmy said, I am, uh, I am, so I'm a motopapi, that's going to be my nickname. And Rosalia asked him, how do you know you're a motopapi though? So the accent was a little bit uh, strong. Maybe it was not so clear, uh, despite, you know, Jimmy understood her just fine. But the use of though at the end of the question is something that many non-native speakers of English, uh, not many... But the use of though at the end of the question is something that many non-native speakers of English do because, I don't know, I, don't, I feel that they don't know how to use it or it sounds a little strange, especially because coming from Spanish, I mean, for Rosalia, it must have, might have been a little something a little hard to get. I and mean, culturally speaking, ending a question with though is not a very common thing to do in Spanish. So I would say it's understandable that a lot of uh, Spanish speakers would avoid using the though, and they would use it in the beginning, something like although, which is the same case, of course. But she did it at the end of the question. It was very, grammatically speaking, is very well executed, and the question is very uh, well formulated because it's, it has, it's just perfect. The accent was just a little bit off. But of course, that's me being a little picky. But I would say that this is a great example of how to use though in a question. And I will repeat the question. She said, how do you know that you're a motopapi though? It's it's just clever. It's a clever question. The intonation was done um, purposely to, you know, carry on with the conversation. But the accent was a little bit off. And it might be a little bit unintelligible. I'm, you know, it's, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of a lot of American um, speakers of English that might find her a little bit un unintelligible. But of course, I'm a teacher. I have, ex I have experience in listening to my students produce this kind of language, and I'm, I'm way accustomed to that. So I'm probably not the best one to judge whether something is intelligible or not really very intelligible. Rosalia also showed great control of past simple structures. When she talked about her experience with the phone and how a lot of people got hold of her phone and, you know, the whole situation with Harry Styles, she said this. She used, the, used to to talk about past habits. Listen. I change it so often. I Before, I used to do it a lot. She's talking about her phone, that she changed it so often. By the way, she said often with a T, and it's perfectly fine. Actually, it's not 
A lot of people might think that often is more American and often is more British, but to be honest, in the US, for example, there are people who say often, there are people who say often, and it's, I, I would say it's more like a personal choice. Sometimes people get used to that pronunciation from their neighbors and friends from school or even their families. The, the thing is that whether you say often or often, it will depend on your upbringing, at, at least in the United States. I'm not sure about uh, the UK, but I've heard that it's pretty much the same case. I mean, some people say often, some people say often. But then she finally said, before I used to do it a lot. And the individual sounds were perfectly pronounced. And the use of the used to is very, very appropriate. Because remember that we use used to to talk about habits that are no longer true. For example, if you say I used to play baseball when I was a kid... Um, of course, I'm not doing it now because it's a past habit that is not true anymore. So I think this was very appropriate and it shows um, the good control that she's got over simple structures. Let's continue. The following question asked by Jimmy is another opportunity for Ro Rosalia to extend on her answer. She's done so very little and I don't, I, I don't really know whether she did it because she didn't have anything extra to say or because she's probably a little bit aware or she's too self-conscious about her English because I can understand that a lot of people might feel too self-conscious. You know, that that is the feeling when you think too much about what you say and you worry too much about the mistakes you make so you become too self-aware. So uh, take a listen. Because too many people just get your number and start calling you. Is that why? No, because I didn't answer the, the, the messages and then I realized, you know, that I wanted to focus, be in the studio, work. And the way she organized these answers, it's a little more extended. Well done. It's very, it's a very good answer. Also, she was worried about pronouncing message in plural, messages. And then she says, uh, I didn't answer the messages. And then I realized that I wanted to fo focus being on the studio and work. The only criticism that I might have is the pronunciation of the word focus. She said focus, focus. And it's a little awkward. It's very common, actually. Of course, what, what is happening here is that she's relying too much on the spelling of the word. It's F-O-C-U-S. So that's definitely why she pronounced it as focus. And it does. It does affect intellig intelligibility. Of course, Jimmy understood it. And he, he's a champion <laughs> in these things, um, even though he has this nagging behavior of rephrasing what the other person said. But I've noticed, for example, that he does it pretty much with anybody. Like when he feels that the communication is not being well achieved, I mean, he would rephrase what the other person said. But generally, I mean, overall, this, this answer was very well extended and good for Rosalia. She did a, a great job. But she should be careful with the pronunciation of, of the vowels like in focus. Um, I would say that generally, if you don't, you don't need to sound with a native-like accent, but you do have to be careful with the vowel sounds because vowel sounds are a major problem in, of intelligibility in English. It's very easy, for example, 
Uh, in my case, uh, I remember once, just to give you uh, an anecdote, I spoke to a friend, and he, he's from Scotland, and I love the Scottish accent, and I'm accustomed to hearing that kind of accent. But he would say the word fish, you know, the, the animals that live in the sea, fish, he would say fish. And sometimes in the middle of a conversation, he would say the word fish, and I would be like thinking again, like, what? Sorry? <laughs> oh, you mean fish. So that's the thing. I mean, you have to be careful with the vowel sounds because vowel sounds can definitely change the intelligibility and you can, they can change the word. Because, for example, if you say um, cut or cat, you know that one is like using a sharp edge like a knife and you cut a finger. Or if you say cat, you know, it's an animal, you know, the, the domestic animal that you have at home. Another example of how much natural English Rosalia has learned is in this short clip. No, I mean it. And then I was like, okay, mira, I'd rather not change the phone. Fresh start. What I like about this short clip is the way she says, I'd rather not. Of course, she was talking about the, you know, changing her phone and, and the difficulty of having to deal with a lot of people calling her. But she says, I'd rather not, which is a very good structure. Definitely, you should be able to use it confidently at B2 and going to C1. So well done. Great. And and the short phrases that she says after that, uh, Mira, I, I'd rather not change the phone, fresh start. So these brief, short uh, clusters or, you know, groups of phrases, groups of phrases. Well done. Very natural, very conversational. And I would say that, you know, This is what tells me that she's become a, a good speaker of English, a very independent speaker of English with some hints, some attempts at C1 level, at an advanced level, which is what tells me that she has the chops to really improve a lot more. In the following extended answer, she showed a lot more control of grammar and vocabulary. Listen. I mean it, that happened to me. Like, literally, I realized, because I didn't know that that happened. I thought that when you use a phone number, then that phone number, you you know, like it disappears or something. I don't know why I thought it. It really impresses me how fast she speaks here. It's a little bit, actually, it's a little bit hard to follow what she says. And she's very clear. She's very intelligible here in terms of pronunciation. The only thing that I can probably tell her to be more careful with is the word disappear because she said she she's basically explaining how a phone number that does not belong to you anymore uh, she says that the the phone should be out actually the word that jimmy uses after this is out you can check out in the transcription um, that you can download she says disappears she literally i'm going to repeat what she said she said um I thought when you use a phone number, when the phone number, you know, like disappears or something, I don't know why I thought it. So it's not really disappears. The phone number just, you know, vanishes or is not, it, it, it's not used anymore. Or uh, just like Jamie said, it's out when the phone number is out. So basically nobody else has that phone number. Um, it's a little awkward. It's still, it's understandable. I would say that in the conversation, it wouldn't cause major problems. But of course, that's part of being a non-native speaker of English. And honestly, Americans in general are very permissive and they're very 
you know, complacent when it comes to another person speaking their own language, at least in these situations. Sometimes there are, you find yourself in a situation with another person that is very uncooperative and they just don't want, they don't care. They don't care about anything you say as long as it's not well uh, pronounced English to their ears, of course. But you know, I would say that she did a very good job here. The pace in which she gave the answer requires a, a very good level of control and she controlled the grammar just nicely and she said it very very quickly uh, very naturally and with good fluency i might say so i think because she stopped a little bit before saying disappear so that tells me that she was probably looking for the right word she couldn't find it and then she just said disappear and that's that's what happens when you try to find the word you uh, your brain enters in a in stress mode like oh i can't find the word can't find the word so you say the first word that comes to your head that pops through your head but i would say that she did it very well that's another example of how her extended discourse works really well well done another fantastic phrase that she said and it's almost unintelligible actually the subtitles in the youtube video did not pick it up and I think it's a pity because it's a great phrase when she was looking for her phone, which she hid in her boot. She said this. You have proof. Do you have, <laughs> like, what, do you have a photo? What do you have? <laughs> I literally have proof. Before she said, I literally have proof, she said, bear with me. It's almost unintelligible. And I had to repeat it like twice or three times and yeah she said it she said bear with me but i think that she should have said that sentence uh, you know with more intonation so people could hear what she was saying and she said it again later i mean i think it was a lot better the second time but she said bear with me bear with me is like have a little patience uh, wait a little bit bear with me uh, it's like when you're asking your interlocutor the other person having conversation with you that you know just wait a little bit, have a little patience. So bear with me. And I think that's a fantastic phrase. It's almost unintelligible, but I think it's well done. And this is, of course, the bits and pieces of wonderful phrases that she knows how to use to create a good uh, rapport in the conversation. And as a final comment on her performance, take a listen to this. If the, if the person didn't match the outfit, it's like in the booth. <laughs> I'll repeat what she said. If the purse didn't match the outfit, it's like in the boot. <laughs> she's talking about her phone and talking about her purse. I mean, when she she's dressed in a formal gown and she doesn't have a purse that matches the outfit, uh, she would put the phone inside her boot. <laughs> which is i think it's funny and of course the audience was laughing and jimmy found it also very funny um but of course <laughs> you know i'm gonna be talking about the conditional sentence and this conditional sentence was done it's funny but it was done inappropriately i mean the grammatical construction is doesn't make much sense she's using past simple um, and she should be talking not about a, a an unreal present situation. Um, it's if the she says if the purse didn't match the outfit, I would say that if she wants to talk about a regular situation, I would probably use if the purse doesn't match the outfit instead of didn't. 
And the, the second part, she just didn't know how to make it. And she just came out with, it's like in the boot. <laughs> so I think the construction was just a, an attempt at more complex grammatical structures. So, but she lost control in this one. And of course, that tells me that she's just a strong B2 speaker of English. And she does have a lot of awareness of, of more complex grammar. I would say that she's... That would be my conclusion. She's a, a strong, strong B2 speaker of English. And, of course, the f conditional sentence was not so accurate. You know, it was not well constructed. But, yeah, that's that's the way it is. Sometimes you are successful with your sentences, and other times you're not as successful. So that's that. And if you want to read more comments, you know, remember that you can download the uh, PDF with the whole conversation and my comments, a, a few more comments on different other parts of the conversation. today's episode thank you very much with for your support and thank you thank you everyone out there for sending me those messages again i'm receiving messages of people interested in getting classes getting prepared even other english teachers who want to get a little bit of preparation i don't know in my case right now i'm not offering any classes i'm super busy i'm working overtime <laughs> i'm also producing other things I'm a little busy. I'm I'm a little concentrated on growing my following on TikTok. You might see that I've uploaded some videos on TikTok. If you don't know, you can check it out. And I've been a little concentrated on that. And of course, I do that whenever I have some free time. I The other time, I'm just teaching my classes or having some administrative hours and preparing the, the workshops that I have to prepare I have a lot of work these these last weeks, so I'm not offering classes right now. I'm so sorry because I know that some of you guys, you want to have the classes with me and you know how happy that makes me feel because I love sharing what I know. I love coaching other people and guiding them and showing them the things that have worked for me that might as well work for them too. I'm not accepting anyone right now, but stay tuned because... I'm also thinking about repeating what I did last year during the summer because I'm off on holidays and on vacation and I will have more time, definitely. And if there are enough people interested, I will be more than happy to open another online course. And yeah, so just stay tuned. I, I, don't, I don't know if I should do it as formal as I did last year. I opened a list and people wrote their names on that list. A lot of people were interested, but then again, at the end, very few actually registered. And also because it's a little bit difficult to deal with the payments internationally. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing, but I will try to repeat it this year as well. I will try to give you more information as the year progresses. So stay tuned and, and keep on following me on either TikTok or here, where, wherever you get my podcast, because I know that it's available in a lot of platforms and you can listen to my podcast and 
Yeah. And if you have any ideas or any questions that I might be able to answer here in the podcast, remember that my email is podcast at languageteaching.es. You will find it in my profile description and also on the Anchor website, which is the main site where I upload all my podcasts, all my episodes, and they're available in other platforms as well, especially on Spotify. So I will be here. I will try to answer as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's a little hard to keep up with all the emails, but I will try to do my best. Okay, so thank you very much. It makes me really happy. As of now, I am just over a little over 50,000 followers on TikTok. That's an achievement for me. I know that there are other creators, other people out there on TikTok that have twice as much as I have. I'm not comparing myself to them, but to me, that's an achievement. And that's enough for me. That makes me really happy. So thank you very much for that. I, I will always be thankful. So thank you very much for joining me this week. And until next week, bye bye. Mm -hmm.